Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome. We made it. Uh, this is the Dance Fish Fishmonger live stream. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. It's a little different today. I'm on the road, so I'm crashing at my sister's house and uh, I don't have my regular computer or anything like that with me. So it's a little different system, a little different setup, but I think it's been pretty cool. Hey, Tiffany, you found me. Thanks for coming, Tiffany. Good to see you. We're going to give, uh, we usually don't do this, but we are going to give folks just a minute to come in because uh, since I'm on the road and I don't have my normal streaming computer and setup and my OBS software and everything with me, um, I'm having to do this a little bit different and just kind of go live on the fly at the right time and, and wait for people to find. So it usually we just jump right into it, but I'm going to give folks just just a couple minutes to come in since uh, this stream's going to be a little bit different. So um, thanks, everybody, for coming. Glad you found me. I know it's a little different today, but uh, I'm on the road. I'm at my sister's house, and so I don't have my normal stuff. So we're just going to do it this way. I have a really cool giveaway I'll explain in a minute. But first, I want to get through a, a update on the import that I'm expecting and uh, shipping this week. So by the way, it's been a very good month. We um, Last month, we tied our record. And this month, we shattered our record and did 560% more business than we've ever done before. So now that we have inventory in and are able to actually have some stuff to sell, it's been a very, very busy month. Um, so we've been shipping a lot more fish than usual. And with that in mind, this week we did have a couple losses, two platies that arrived alive, but didn't look great when they arrived and passed away uh, a little after arrival. So that was a bummer. However, that is two out of, I don't know, several hundred fish. Um, and so the bell curve is still good. The statistics are still good. The percentage is still good. But it's that's a bummer. I, I thought we might get through this week with everyone arrived alive and did good. But we did have two losses. So I apologize to that customer. You know who you are. And um, when I get back to my office, I can't do it right now just because really all I have with me is a phone. That's I don't have a computer with me. I'm borrowing a computer right now. Um, but when I get back, I'll I'll get that uh, all processed for you, and we'll we'll get that all all taken care of. But so two losses this week. As far as I know, everything else has gone really well. So that's the shipping report. Um, I'm hoping the next week I can give a report that there were no losses. That's always my goal. But two out out of several hundred, um, you know, is a when it breaks down to math and a percentage and all that to statistics, um, we're still we're still doing well. We're doing even better than we did last year. And our our record last year was better than I think ninety nine point five percent plus change. So we're doing okay. Um, but again, to that customer, I am sorry. Platies are a little bit rough. Um, I mean, they're they're fine. They're very hardy and all that. But the thing with them is they have super long, complex intestines compared to other fish. And so sometimes, and I'm not sure this is what happened or not, but sometimes I think that uh, that I cleared them out sufficiently and then they surprise me 
and end up pooping in the bag, even if I've had them fasting for a couple of days. So usually we get it, but every now and then one holds out on me and I send them off thinking they're all cleared out without knowing, oh, they actually aren't. So it, very rarely that does happen. So I wonder if that's the case um, this time around. Can't know for sure, uh, but but I wonder. Uh, the import. So I have a date. Um, unfortunately, we did not win the bid for the fish coming last week. Um, we thought we could, but we didn't. So let me explain what's happening. There's a very, very limited number of flights. Even if countries are reopening, the, the amount of travel to and from that country from the United States is still just a fraction of what it used to be. So where you might have had a flight coming, I don't know, two, three times a day, you might now have one a week. So there's all these companies with all this cargo and they want to get it to the United States, but there's very few flights. So there's these bidding wars to try to get cargo onto a flight. And um, the prices are going pretty darn high. <laughs> so sometimes it's like, man, that's too high. I can't do, do that to my customers. Um, the major cost right now in, well, not, okay, let me scratch that. The major cost in bringing fish in to sell has always been the shipping. The fish, let's say that there's a fish that costs 10 cents. Well, you're paying several times that in shipping on that fish often. Um, the shipping's a massive expense. So that's really, in a lot of ways, what drives the cost and, and, and has for a long time in this industry. The fish themselves sometimes are startlingly cheap, but they're not cheap once you, you know, pay to ship them in. So if you know what the normal costs of fish have been for a long time, you can understand why now with very few flights and lots of demand for those flights and the airlines um, being able to bid that out, prices are just skyrocketing and we can't always justify the price. Like people might be willing to pay, if, if a fish normally sold for $5, they might be willing to pay seven or $8 for that same fish, but they're probably not willing to, to, to spend 25, right? So, um, so that's what's going on with the Indonesia shipment with all the wild type bettas and wild type rainbow fish. The good news is we did block in a flight. It's just not going to be until July 18th. So a couple weeks. So in two, two and a half weeks, roughly, um, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but on July 18th, we should have that come in. That's as locked in as it can be. The cargo agent has signed off. We have the airway bill. So barring something closing down suddenly, I mean, this COVID-19 situation is fluid. And um, barring something just suddenly closing off or, or the flight just not actually leaving or, or being canceled or something due to some shutdown. I'm pretty confident that July 18th is the, the day. Everyone's lined up. We're all ready for it. So that's the good news. Um, oh, <laughs> I've got a little niece or nephew crying in the background. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too loud with this headset I have. Hopefully you can still hear the stream okay. Um, all right. 
So that's pretty much all I'm going to do as far as uh, updates and things like that. I, I'm on the road. I don't have my normal computer, my normal system. I'm borrowing a computer. So it's just a little hard for me to like dig in and, and share more stats and things like that. Um, so what I'm going to do instead is a giveaway that I think is pretty darn cool. Now, let me see if I can... Hang on just a moment. Trying to find, yeah, trying to get Nightbot up and going and everything. That's, I, I forgot to do that before I started. So I apologize for that. Um, but let me see if I can get Nightbot up real quick so I can get the uh, giveaway going. Sorry, I should have done, done that before, but I just... I'm on the road. Things are different. I totally space. Okay, good. We are. We can do this. This is all going to work out fine. Okay. Okay. So the giveaway today, what we're going to do is something different. Um, I'm not choosing what I'm going to send you. If you win, you get to choose what you want. So if you win the giveaway today, what I want you to do is email me the top five fish you want on get gills on, on my website, dancefish.com and just send me an email with the list. I like these five fish. And from that list, I'll select uh, one of those to send to you. So that's the giveaway. So you kind of get to tell me what you want. And from that list, I'll send you something. So it's going to depend a little bit on how many I have left, who looks healthiest, um, how many I can fit in a box and, and and stuff like that. But that's the plan. So I think that'll be a little more exciting. And since I'm not in my fish room right now, I can't do what I usually do, which is go look at all the tanks and be like, hey, these look really good right now. I'm going to do those on the giveaway. I'm, I'm not there, so I can't do that. So we'll let you decide what you want and take it from there. So to do that, if you'd like to be entered to win that. I can't share my screen with you since I'm not on my normal system, but it's hashtag top five, T-O-P and then the number five, hashtag T-O-P and then the number five. So top five. So if you win, email me your top five fish at dancefish.com and I will send them to you on Tuesday or Thursday of next week. Um, I'm going to get back in a couple days. There's going to be a little catch up that I have to do. Um, so I might not be shipping out on Monday. I might need a little more time to get everything up and running. So it might be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of next week, but next week you'll get them. So that's the giveaway. Yeah. People got it. I'm seeing top five. It looks like it's all typed in, right? Looks like we're good. And we are in live chat even. Yeah. Hey, for being on the road, <laughs> this ain't bad. So that's what we're doing. Um, usually I ramble a little longer at the beginning before we get to questions or comments, but I'm on the road. It's been very busy traveling and all that. So um, haven't put a lot of thought into what to talk about, honestly, to start this stream. So we're going to have more time for questions and comments. So if you have a question or comment for me, Dan at dansfish.com. Why did I just say my email? Probably because I'm tired and I don't know what I'm doing right now. If you have a question for me, just type it in the chat is what I meant to say. And um, oh, and make it highlight at symbol dancefish. That's what I was trying to say when I somehow spit out the email. And uh, it'll highlight for me, I hope, on this computer. And I will get to that. 
So we'll have a lot more time for questions and comments. The last oh couple months, I would say, or maybe more, I have not been able to get everyone's questions and comments. I keep missing people because chat jumps on me and I just run out of time. So I'm hoping that by giving you a little more time, um, we can get more of them. I almost titled this like an AMA stream, Ask Me Anything stream. Um, but then, because I wasn't sure I could get Nightbot working, I, I was like, man, I don't have time to like think about the giveaway or any of this. I, but but I was able to do a little bit. So it's not quite an AMA stream. We were able to do some giveaways and stuff. But um, I do want to get to more questions and comments than normal. I'm rambling because I'm tired. Just that's how I am today. But let's go ahead and get to them. I see Rockford Fishkeeping. And just give me half a second. I'm going to try to pop this out. Make it a little bigger so it's easier to read on this computer I'm working on here. Okay, I'm shrinking me down. I'm going to make the chat as big as I can. I'm used to working on a, a large laptop system, a studio system, with quite a uh, two large screens so I can make things big and see everything and read everything uh, easily. Now I'm on a little laptop that I borrowed. Um, so I have to make a couple adjustments. Okay, there we are. I think this will work just fine. It tells me I'm in top chat. I was not. I was in live chat. Okay, there we go. Finally, let's start this. The first one I can see, I might have lost. Rockford, I can't see yours anymore. I'm sorry. Michael Wentworth is the first one I can see. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been a busy few weeks. I've been out of town. I know I've seen like you've been like uh, rock hopping and stuff on your Jeep. It looks like you're having a good time. I'm jealous, but I'm catching up where I can. Breeding is pleasure. Three times equals world peace. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Michael. And uh, I appreciate everything you do. And there's no, uh, there, as you know, there's no requirement or anything like that. You're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. I appreciate everything you do when you can. So thanks. Um, for those that don't know, Michael w M Wentworth, I'm very tired. Michael Wentworth is the main moderator at the Get Gills Facebook page. And um, yeah, I've, I've been seeing you. I saw your Jeep trip stuff, man. I was, I wanted to join you. I was like, okay, I'm dropping everything. I'm driving over. <laughs> Mike Stambaugh. Did you get the rainbow fish in? I think we've covered that. Uh, July 18th is the new date, and it's fair, It's pretty locked in. Anything could happen, but I will be quite surprised if that changes. Um, up till now, all the other dates I've had, like the week, they were supposed to come last Thursday of last week and all that, but there was still one person that had to sign off kind of and hadn't. So that was up in the air. So I wasn't totally confident about that, but on this one, everyone signed off. So barring something catastrophic, it'll happen. I'm pretty confident about it. Tiffany. Oh, my screen's so much smaller. I have to lean forward to see that just a moment. Tiffany Medima, did you see that the Aquarium Society in Australia is doing another EVET seminar, this time on parasites and fish disease? I did not, but I'm excited to hear that. That's worth a look-see. Um, let me look right now. Oh, I can't share my screen. I was going to look it up and share it with people, but I can't do that. Sorry, I forget I'm on a different system. Um, no, Tiffany, thanks for letting me know because that's very appealing to me. The last one was good and I learned a lot. But there was a lot of basic stuff like uh, 
you know, change the water and just basic care. And we had a few lectures that were specific to disease and things like that. Uh, it was more general. But if they're doing a seminar on specifically parasites and disease, I'm there. That is something I'm dying to know more about. <laughs> that was a bad choice of words. That's something that um, is very important to me to get better at. There's a lot of stuff in this hobby that I feel pretty competent at. There's a lot of stuff on the industry and business side that I feel pretty darn competent at. The place where I feel weakest is in my ability to help fish that through no fault of their own arrive to me and have problems, whether it's parasites or other diseases. The place I feel weakest is in my ability to um, figure out exactly and pinpoint what's going on and treat it as opposed to kind of the shotgun thing that we're doing now, which is fish come in, they get, everyone gets these rounds of medicines. We hope we caught whatever they might've had. Everyone looks good after a couple of weeks. It's like, we think they're good and we ship them, right? That's kind of the best we can do right now when it comes to um, uh, managing disease and what things can, what things that might manifest due to the stress of import. But what I want to get to is that point where I can identify specifically what's going on and pinpoint treat it. That's, that's my next move. And that's a place where I'm very weak. I have some background. I worked at animal hospitals for several years. That's how I paid for, for college. Um, Studio City Animal Hospital on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, California. If anyone listening is in Southern California and is close to that area and is looking for a good hospital, I can tell you from personal experience working there for, I think I worked there that one four or five years. And then I worked at another hospital before that for a while too. Um, it's the best place I can think of to take your pet for treatment. Unfortunately, they don't do, well, they they might see fish, but it's not their expertise. Um, that they, they aren't fish vets. They see dogs and cats and a lot of exotics, reptiles, birds, um, monkeys, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that zoos and universities and movie studios and private zoos um, need treatment for. But not a lot of fish stuff. So I have some background. I have some basic, basic knowledge just from working there on things, but nothing specific to fish. So that's the new area that I need to broaden my horizons. And if you're in easy driving distance to Studio City Animal Hospital down there, I think it's 11800, 11800. If I remember right, Ventura Boulevard is the address. Um, they were fantastic. The doctors really care. The technicians are well-educated and really care. And it was the best place I found. So just a plug for them because they were amazing to work for. Not only did they treat their employees as well as could be expected, um, they were very good to their employees, but they treated the animals amazingly well. And they know their stuff. They're, they're good doctors. So just a plug for them. Mega Mindy Lou, did you know guppies and mollies will cross? I have this batch of babies and I believe it. Oh, you made some muppies. Yes, I was aware of guppies and mollies crossing. I think that's called a muppy. And... Um, I've, I've heard of it. I've read about it. I've never actually seen it. And no one that I know has actually done it. So you might be the first. I hope we get lots of video and lots of pictures of them as they grow up. Just because uh, I have no idea what that fish really will look like, that hybrid. 
Interesting. Ryan stoned on Canadian gaming. Do you keep outdoor mini ponds? I have in the past. I don't have any right now. I do have a hundred gallon tote that um, I was planning on setting up last summer. Didn't happen. Was planning on setting up this summer. Didn't happen. I just can't find the time with, with everything going on on the business side of stuff, all the expanding, everything I'm trying to, to do. I'm trying to get in a good position basically to take, take things to the next level. And that's, that's a lot of work and it, it really does suck. Um, every, all my time and energy and mental focus and things out of me. So I, I just, even though it's super simple to set up something like that, I don't, I, I lack even that little bandwidth. So I haven't, um, even this summer I was like, okay, I just won't do fish. I'll just set it up and throw scuds in there to harvest for live food. Haven't even been able to get to that, but I do love mini ponds or patio ponds or totes or tubs or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I'd like to do it again when things kind of get more manageable, but I just can't do it right now. Just however, I do have some amazing rice fish, which would do great in them. If you're looking for stock and some white clouds, golden white clouds, which just, show up really well in a tub because they're bright gold and stuff. So if you're looking for fish um, at dancefish.com, we do have some good fish for patio ponds and tubs and things. Paradise fish um, do great. And I've got some of those. So if the question was leading there, I can help you on that end, but I'm not keeping any right now. Just one more fish with Josh. Got the orange quarry yesterday and they look amazeballs. They do. Those orange Venezuela quarries are fantastic for a, uh, for a quarry that isn't really expensive, what are they in the ten to twelve dollar range? Maybe twelve fifty, somewhere like that. Uh, now I'm going to feel bad if they're like fifteen or something, but they aren't super expensive. There's a lot of quarries that you could pay fifty dollars, couple hundred dollars a piece for. Um, without going up there, that might be the best looking kind of lower price range quarry that they're that I've ever seen. I think they're fantastic, and I'm glad you like them. Yeah. Preston John, hey, good to see you. Tin Fraz, I just received Betta dimidiata. Would they be more comfortable with a dither fish like Razaboras? Maybe. I don't keep mine with any dither fish right now. They've been in their own tank for several months, but but there are a lot of them in there. I mean, there's one bushy nose pleco to take care of algae, but no real dithers. Um, here's what I found with Betta dimidiata is cover. So I have a big, like, I think half the bottom of the tank is just covered with um, Java moss. And then there's a big spawning mop that floats on one corner and goes down from the top of the tank to the Java moss. So when they're first settling in, they'll probably hang out and hide in the Java moss. It's going to take them maybe up to two weeks or so to really get comfortable. Probably less because they're fairly used to people just because they've been um, in my tank so long, but wild type bettas, they do, in my experience, always, I've never run into a species yet that hasn't done this, which is they're going to seem really skittish at first, but once they learn you and learn that you means food, in my experience, they're right up at the glass begging. They'll actually see me approaching the tank and come out. And I'm talking about lots of species, uh, rubra, chinoides, um, um, Cochina, um, NSA, 
um, Bellica, Embellus, um, how, I could go on, but lots and lots of species. I've never yet, yet met one that did not follow that pattern. So what I suspect is going to happen is they're going to be skittish for you for a week or two. You might not see much of them at all. They might not feed when you're close enough to observe them if you're standing there. Um, but if you have that clump of java moss for them to hang out in, plus that yarn mop or something, it could be anything else. Uh, it could be a plant like a water sprite with long roots going down. But it kind of shades or gives them cover up to the top, they'll hang in the moss and then they'll kind of swim up along the mop, get a gulp of air when they want to and come back down or go up and feed and come back down. It's just this continuous cover route from the bottom of the tank to the top that they can follow. That seems to help them uh, when they're skittish. But in a week or two, they're gonna, my prediction is, they're gonna get to know you and that you mean food and be right out and stop being skittish. I've seen that happen with dither fish in the tank. I've seen that happen without dither fish in the tank. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen dither fish be truly necessary to make that happen. Or never noticed that it expedited the um, process to like, like a whole ton or something. Now, there are a lot of bettas that I still keep with dither fish because I do think it somehow can help them. But within a week or two, I bet that they'll be beyond caring about dither fish. So that's my thoughts on that. And uh, did I say Tia before? Tin, sorry. Tin fraz. I hope they do well for you. Um, once they color up and start displaying and things, I think you're really going to enjoy them. And by the way, they're eating anything. Flakes, pellets, uh, viber bites, um, algae wafers, um, carnivore pellets that sink. They'll just, you know, munch off that all day frozen foods, live foods, they, they should be eating just fine. Just feed them very sparingly until you see them coming out and getting comfortable because you don't want to feed a bunch and then have it just rotten there, right? Or, or, you know, you can always remove it too, I guess, if you feed and they don't eat. They're going to be skittish for a bit though. Okay, lefty 3213A, advice for new time seller of fish with regards to pricing and shipping packaging and who to ship with. Okay. There's lots to unpack there. I'm assuming that the question about pricing is pricing the shipping since that's where the question is going. So I'm going to focus on that. Um, if I'm wrong and you're asking about pricing the fish themselves, uh, leave that down below and, and hopefully I can get to that and, and, and parse that for you. But reading this, I think you're talking about shipping pricing and who to go with and stuff. So there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, the one I like, okay, so let's go over those a bit. One is um, people sell fish for really cheap, but then charge a ton for shipping and make money on the shipping. So that is one thing I've seen. Fish are dirt cheap. It's like, man, and you go and buy them and stuff. And then suddenly you're like, wait, wait, but the shipping is $90, you know? So there is that route. There's the route of um, the middle ground is kind of, well, let's do the other extreme first. The other extreme is you have free shipping and you make up the cost of the shipping with your fish. What you have to do there is make sure that you have things bundled in such a way that when people buy the fish, there's enough bought 
to cover your shipping. So let's say you're shipping, uh, let's just say priority. You're shipping priority, let's say um, that you charge $15 to ship priority. Well, if you're selling neon tetras, then you're going to probably have to make it so people buy like a dozen neon tetras or more because they're an inexpensive fish. And if people only bought one or two and you ship for free, obviously that doesn't work. So you have to figure out what's the shipping cost. How much of this species do I have to sell in order to make it so that the shipping cost is covered by the cost of the sale? Um, so you don't just do that. And then you're like, wait a minute, selling those fish cost me $10. Like I lost $10 to send someone fish. That doesn't make sense. Right? So that's the other extreme cheap fish, super expensive shipping, more expensive fish, free shipping, or the middle ground, which is where I finally landed after, um, after experiencing both buying from vendors that do both and, and thinking of what works best for the customer and things, which is, I just try to break even on shipping. So that's where I like to land. So I am able to charge a little less for the fish because I'm not relying on them to pay shipping and um, charge a medium rate for shipping. So what, what's the actual shipping cost? And I factor in, of course, the styrofoam liners, um, heat packs and cold packs, bags, oxygen, all that stuff um, uh, have to factor into the cost of shipping too. So my goal is when I ship you a package, the shipping and shipping supplies did not cost me anything and did not cost you anything. Now there is some cost because there's the time to pack. Or if you have an employee that helps you pack, you know, I have Pistol. Pistol Abbott is a gentleman that helps me pack every week. Um, and I pay Pistol for that. So there's that cost. Now I don't put that cost into the shipping. Um, I'm just considering the materials that it costs to create the box in the bags and things and the carrier's charge. So that's how I like to do it. But there are those other fringe cases and there's nothing wrong with them. And it's worth exploring if you're interested. People love free shipping. Um, people also like less expensive fish. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's something you have to play with and see what works with you. As far as who to ship with, hmm, you know, there is nothing wrong with priority. And, and for most people, especially as they're getting started, and if they're not going to, if they're they're going to do this as a hobby and sell a few fish on the side, right now that might be the way to do it. The advantage to priority is it's quite inexpensive. So you can ship a medium-sized box with your materials and everything, say for I don't know twenty dollars, something like that. That's the advantage. The disadvantage is it's fairly unreliable as far as when the fish will get to your customer. So it might be two days, it might be three days, it might be four days. It could be longer, but I would say plan on easily three days and prepare, be prepared for four or five days. So pack them so they can last four or five days and let the customer know it'll probably be three days. And if they're there in two, that's a bonus, right? So that's the thing. There's no real reliability as far as when the customer will receive them. Also, the tracking isn't great. So when the customer goes to track the number, 
the or follow the tracking number to track the package, I should say. Um, it doesn't give them a whole lot of detail. It kind of just says your package is in route and is expected on this day. Well, it's two days later and it still says the same thing, right? It's it's not um it doesn't give a lot of information. So it's kind of the budget option. However, the better options, which are um you know, the overnight and next day kind of options through UPS and FedEx, um, they're super expensive. And until you're doing decent volume, you know, you're going to have to charge like $75, $80 for a box. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. So that... I would say that if I'm only shipping a few boxes every now and then, I would probably use priority or better maybe is um, I would get on something like shippo.com or another shipping amalgamator where you can ship UPS today or next day and get a little price break because you're bundling with other shippers that use that service. So that works pretty well. And then if you get really high volume, then you can negotiate your own rates with the carriers um, and do like overnight shipping for a reasonable amount. So that's kind of the thing. It's like, how much volume are you doing and what can you milk out of the shipping carriers with that volume to, to drop the cost? So what I've done is as I've grown, I've moved from priority up to UPS two day and next day. Two day UPS is fairly through GoShipo is fairly reasonable and fairly reliable, but more reliable than priority. And then finally got to the point where I can do overnight at a good, at a decent cost, just because of volume increasing. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Um, now I will warn you that USPS Express did not. I mean, it worked okay, but what happens is it, it, it's guaranteed next day, but it often does not arrive the next day. Often it was two to three days, to be perfectly honest. And when you're charging a customer, it was pricey too. What, $50 maybe? Maybe it was 60 to ship them express. If it's a large box, I think there were some that were 60 or so. I can't remember for sure, but it was up there. When you're doing that and they've taken work off and everything and are expecting a fish the next day, and then it doesn't arrive for two or three days, no, it's not your fault, but your customer still had a bad experience because they were expecting the box the next day. And I would say, I don't know the exact statistics, but a substantial uh, percentage of the boxes that were sent USPS Express were delayed. Enough to, I was like, you know, this is a horrible experience for the customer. Um, so that's kind of why I switched out of that. Anyway, I feel like that's pro I've rambled on that a bit. It's important though, and it gets a little complex. So I think it's worth rambling on for anyone who's thinking of shipping fish, but, um, I do hope one day, I, I can't say soon. I'm hoping that I can make it so that anyone that sells on get gills can get the same shipping rates that I use. And can we can wrap that all together? That's my hope. I I think it's possible. We haven't dug in deep enough to know for sure if it's possible, but that's where we want to go. So um, you know, I can ship a lot of fish for thirty to forty dollars overnight shipping, and 
they almost always get there. This week, there were two boxes that did not get their next day. They, they took two days to arrive. Before that, there were two boxes. So in the total time I've been shipping FedEx, from off the top of my head, as far as I remember, there's only been four boxes that were delayed and arrived the next day. Um, just going from memory here. So, but something like that, four boxes. And that is out of, I don't know the number of boxes, but um, many, many hundred, hundreds is I would guess. So, so the percentage is quite good. So I would like to pass that on to everyone selling on Get Gills. It's just going to take, is it, Building that functionality out and everything is not a small thing. It's going to take some real time, but that's where we're going. Zach Billings, what is your favorite fish on your website for sale? That's a hard one for me to answer, but the one that jumps right into mind is the uh, the Burmese clouded archer fish. I love archer fish, and I don't like maintaining brackish water. So the Burmese clouded archer fish is one that uh, you can keep in totally fresh water. That's what it lives in naturally. It does not live in brackish water naturally. It lives in fresh water. So that makes it super easy to keep. You can keep it in a planted tank and all that. In fact, I'm thinking of taking several of the ones I have and putting them in my 125 um, so we can all enjoy them um, every week on the live stream because I like them that much. They're fantastic. That's the one that popped in my head. Now, there's that's not quite fair because there's if I really thought about it, there's lots of others that rise up there as well. That's the one that pops in my head first. That's a fish I really like. Waited years and years to finally get, got them, and kind of fell in love. So, and um, now I've—I think this is my fourth or fifth batch I've brought in, and I just really like them. They're really neat. Maria Z, the Adolfoi are awesome, and the red lizards are coming out a lot now. Awesome, Maria. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, Corridors Adolfoi. Um, not the highest price, Corey, but not the cheapest either. But one of the one of the prettiest. Um, a true kind of skunk looking Corey. The Rabaudi are a cool skunk looking Corey as well, but they're more dark brown stripe on tan body. You still get the 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 skunk effect. The Dolphoi are like white with dark black stripe, and then they have that bright gold spot up on the top, up kind of where their shoulders would be, I suppose. Um, they're good looking fish. So Maria, I'm glad they did well. I'm glad you like them. And the red lizards coming out. That's, that's good. That's good. It takes them a while to settle. So I'm glad to hear that. And this reminds me. So the Corey's curse is broken. I was, for those that have followed for a while, I was having a real hard time with Corey doors for quite a while. Um, they would Seem to do okay in my tanks. Not always. I mean, every now and then you get a batch that was just really, really uh, came in bad shape. But in general, I could get them what I thought was healthy in my tanks. And then when I went to ship them, there was all kinds of issues. So is it the toxin they release? Is it all these all these things, right? Is it using pure oxygen? Is it all these factors to figure out? Um, so I've, I've narrowed it down. and It was just a supplier issue. The the supplier I was using, for some reason, their fish were not shipping well for me. So what that means to me is that there's some kind of pathogen that they might have been carrying um, that 
I could land the fish and I could um, care for them well and get them healthy, right? There's a difference between pathogen-free and disease-free. Right now, I'm disease-free. I feel healthy. I have energy. I can function in the world. I can do whatever I need to do. I'm not inhibited um, in any way by, by anything affecting my health. But I'm not pathogen-free. If you did a bunch of tests on me, you'd find all kinds of pathogens in me, viruses, uh, bacteria that could get me very sick, parasites on my skin, all kinds of stuff. And that's the same for you and everyone else and pretty much any higher order animal. So, um, so the fish I was sending to me seemed disease-free, but probably were not pathogen-free. And they had some kind of thing that the stress of shipping was making so that they would arrive in bad shape. Um, I've been using a new supplier for how long? Several months now. And I'm happy to say that that issue is gone. So this new supplier has fish that do well and seem to ship really well because I've been shipping lots. And I've tried now, I think we're on our maybe eighth species. Um, and from this new supplier, they all seem to be doing well. So, so I'm happy to report that. Um, the, the, the corridor shipping curse is broken. I was real hesitant for a long time because I tried several species of quarries and just, uh, it wasn't like everything was a disaster all the time, but there were enough issues that it wasn't the experience I was wanting to deliver to my customers. And it was, um, it was making me really nervous. Anytime I shipped a quarry, I was like, Oh, you know, and it, I, I need to sleep at night. So I'm happy to say that's all over. I think, I think we're, uh, I think we're good now. Of course, <laughs> knock on wood. Or, of course, now that I said that, right? Uh, Ryan is asking, what is my favorite fish? I, I think I just answered that. The Burmese clouded archer fish is currently the one that drops to mind, but I don't have a true favorite, honestly. That's just the first one that popped into my head. Max, how do you determine which fish to import? Oh, man, Max, that's a process. So basically, math tells me what to import. And that's just because this is a business and um, it's not just me in this business. I, I, investors have put money into the business. And so I have an obligation to um, make sure, A, that the business succeeds because I want to do it, but B, I can't be irresponsible with the finances, right? I, people have bet on me, so to speak, by literally giving my company money. Now, that doesn't mean certain things. That doesn't mean that the investors are like, you have to squeeze every dollar out. No one's saying anything like that. The investors are all fish people. They know the score. Um, well, they're not all really deep fish people, but um, they, they at least respect fish. So it's not like we've broken them down to the level of commodity and it's like, squeeze every penny out. It's nothing like that. But it does mean that I can't get stuff just because I'm like, I think that's cool. I'm going to bring it in. It has to make financial sense because I'm playing with other people's money. So the way I do this is I have a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet determines my real costs. So on that spreadsheet are calculations where I can put in a species of fish, how many I'm getting and how much they cost. And it'll generate a formula that will spit out what I will need to sell them for what the margin will be at the price that I sell them for, how much each fish will cost to bring in individually, the real cost to bring in each fish, how much I have to sell it for in order 
to make sure I don't lose money on that fish. Now, all that stuff. So what I do is I go through um, the exporters I work with. I see what they have available. I get all the fish that I think are awesome and that I think my customers would enjoy. And I plug them into the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet can be miles long, right? There's a lot of uh, stuff out there available. Generally, okay, during COVID-19, there's inventory issues, but generally there's, there's a lot, thousands of items available. Plug them in. And then what I do is I look at the cost. What would I have to sell this for to not lose money? And that determines a lot. Some things I can't sell for a high enough price to make sense, so they get deleted off the list. Some things um, are just, I would have to sell for like like $2, say. I can't do that because that doesn't pay for the cost of caring for the fish, getting it healthy, the cost of taking the time to package it the way I do and all that. I, I literally lose money because it costs more than $2 in labor and medicine and time and water and electricity and all that to, to get a fish to you. So I have to take that off. So I'm looking for a fish that I can sell generally for $6 or more. During COVID, I broke that rule. I'm selling fish right now for some that are like $2, $3, $4 in that range. Just because honestly, there was a time there when it was like, I'll take anything because nothing was available. <laughs> Luckily, things are loosening up. But in general, $6 or more, because I know that um, if I do that, I won't lose money generally on that fish with all the time and the real costs that go into it. Um, so there's a, a low threshold that I want to sell a fish for. And then there's other things where I'm like, okay, if I get these, I'm not going to be able to mark them up in enough to make the margin I have to make to not lose money. So those automatically get taken off the list. So there's this kind of numbers thing. And then what I have left is a much smaller list. And I go over that and I see what tank space I have. And I'm like, okay, who can go in this tank? Who will do well in this tank? And um, what are customers asking for and all that and make the final decision. So it's not a thing where I just get a list and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that and that and that. It actually takes me several hours um, to properly vet the lists and come up with the proper import. And that is something, if you're thinking of going in this business, Max, that um, you got to, well, you don't got to do anything, but it really helps to know what your real costs are and know what you'd have to sell something for so you can make those informed decisions on the business side instead of just what you like as a hobbyist. Rockford Fishkeeping, I was saying I love the wood beams and the ceiling look. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hattrick Farm, hello. Hey, good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Hope, hope the horses are well. Mega Mindy Lou, do you know guppies and mollies will cross? Okay, I we got that one. Guppy love, disease and parasites can be fought. My biggest issue is the best to get the meds into the fish, the best way to get the meds into the fish. Yes, that's another thing um, that I would hope to learn. There are some medicines that you put in the water and they simply don't 
get absorbed into the fish very well. There's others you put in the water and the fish readily absorb them through their skin or their gills, probably mostly the gills. Um, so some medicines is like, well, this treats this, but if I put it in the tank, it's not going to absorb in the fish. Maybe I have to find a way to put it in food or have to actually pipe it into the fish's stomach or things like that. Right. So I agree. Yep. So there are diseases and parasites can often be fought. If you know how to get the medicine into the fish the proper way, absolutely, Guppy Love. That's something else that I have a lot to learn about. Guppy Love, I meant disease and parasites can be tough. Oh, okay. Well, that's true too. <laughs> that's true too. Especially when you have no way of diagnosing what you actually have. And you're just like, well, the fish doesn't look good. Okay. Let's try this, right? And hopefully you don't need medicine. Hopefully it's like, I'm just going to feed it really good food, uh, maybe feed it live food for a week straight and really bulk it up, things like that. It's, it's not always medicine that's called for. There's lots of different things. But yeah, I agree. It, it's very difficult, especially for people like us, especially when there's no local veterinarian that knows anything about fish, which I think is the case for most of us. Okay, chat jumped because, as you know, when I answer a question, I can't just say yes or no. For some reason, I, I like digging in deep. And so um, I got behind. Chat is trying to force me to catch up. So it jumped on me. The next question or comment I can see is from Karen K. I noticed you don't list the fish's adult size on Get Gill's site. Is there a reason for that? Um, hmm. Not really. I guess I could do that. What I guess what I'm trying to say when I list a fish is um, here's kind of what to expect from this fish as far as it's doing well. Um, they need to be in a group or not and all that um, from what I'm observing. And when I get the fish, I often get them in sub-adults. I, I rarely get fish that are full grown. And so something I don't always observe in person is their adult size because I often sell a species before it ever gets full size. There are some species I've kept where I've never seen them full sized because I sell out too quickly. And so I guess when I'm writing those descriptions, I'm just thinking, okay, what have I experienced with this fish? And I try to impart that. What are they eating? So you know what they're eating. Um, are they jumpers? I try to always remember to include that if they're jumpers, just stuff I've experienced. And so I haven't always experienced the adult size, so it hasn't really occurred to me to do that. I guess another thing is that I expect someone who's going to order a fish to do a little research. And, um, and I, by the way, this is not me saying, Karen, you're not doing your research. That's not at all what's happening. I guess in the back of my mind, I, I figure people know the basic temperature requirement and the basic how big it gets and those kind of basic things that maybe they've gone to seriouslyfish.com or... Um, or any of the other places they can find that information and are now ready to buy a fish. So now I'm telling them, here's what I've experienced with the fish. I, I guess that's, that's why I'm just like, here's what I've experienced. Um, but it's something I could do. I, I know there's lots of sellers that list uh, adult size, pH, temperature, all that stuff. Um, I'm always a little hesitant though, because I don't think it's useful. There's so many different pHs. There's so many different temperatures. There's so many different tank mates. And there's so many different sizes too, like different strains of 
If I'm selling you, for example, signifer, pseudomogal signifer, there are strains of that fish or Celebes rainbows, something like that. There are strains of fish where depending on the collection point, they might only grow to an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, or they might grow two and a half to three inches. Um, and it also depends on care and all that. So there's a lot of variability in some of that, not all of them. I, I, I might be picking an edge case just to make an argument to get out of your question. Um, maybe I'm doing that um, and maybe I shouldn't, but I do find that there's a lot of variation in adult size. And since I haven't experienced most of the adult sizes myself, I just don't think to put them in. Um, would everyone chime in? Is that something folks want? Because I can get on Seriously Fish and say, okay, it says it gets to that size and put that information in there. Um, I guess I always thought people probably already know those basics first, though. But if you're like, nope, that would be useful, let me know. And if a bunch of people are like, yes, Dan, you idiot, we've been wanting that for years, um, then I can start. I can start doing that. Yeah. Thanks, Karen, for the question. Um, I won't put pH, though, and all that stuff because I think size, yes, that's what I'm asking about. But stuff like pH and all that, there's so many different pHs that fish can live in. And there's so much that people, okay, there's so much information that I feel is fairly confusing to a new fish keeper that I don't want to put pH because then the fish keeper is thinking, oh man, I don't have that pH. I can't keep that fish. Usually not true. Or, oh, I don't have that pH. I better change my pH. And then we get in the yo-yo effect and, and all that. So there's a lot of things that I feel like just are confusing, but size is not confusing. I mean, if it grows into a monster, you got to know that before you buy it. So I get that. Lefty 3213A meant how to price a fish, specifically guppies, so I should have been more clear. Thanks for explaining the shipping pricing though to me. So how do I, I price a fish? So first of all, it can't be too cheap. If I bought a fish for a penny, that would be great. Let's say it costs a penny for me to buy a fish and bring it in and all that. That's the total cost for me to acquire a fish. Well, great. I'm going to sell it for $2. That's a massive markup. Right, I'm not going to do the math because we all know I'll do it wrong, and then Lumpy Dog will have to correct me. <laughs> but um, um, that's a massive markup from one penny to 200 pennies. That's a good margin, right? The problem is, at two dollars, I'm still losing money because of the time, the water, the medicines, um, all the process of packing them, and how much time and effort that takes. All that I literally lose money if I sell fish for two dollars even if I got it for free, right? So, so that's when I say, that's an example of knowing your real costs. You have to know, and for each operational, it will be different. It depends on how you do things and the volume you do them in and all that. But you have to be able to, and it takes some time too. Uh, when you're first starting Lefty, it's perfectly normal to, I'm gonna try this and I'm gonna collect some data. And the data will show me, you know what? I was charging way too little for that. It actually cost me three times as much to feed the fish than I thought. I know that now that I've been collecting data for two months and I'm seeing how much I'm, I'm paying for fish food, for example. Okay, you better change the cost of the fish you're selling, right? So you get to the point where you know your true costs. And then from there, you can calculate what you have to sell the fish for to make the margin you feel is fair or the margin that 
you know you have to make to stay in business, right? So it's about real costs when it comes to pricing things. Mega Mindy Lou, can you keep the headset? Audio is awesome. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I can't. I don't own this headset. I'm borrowing it. Is the audio even better than my super expensive microphone? If it is, let me know. Maybe I'll just buy a headset in the future. I, I, I kind of don't like the look of it as much. Like me with a headset on on camera, I'd rather just be, you know, just talking to you without this thing gets in the way, I guess. But if the audio is amazing with it, then maybe I'll do that. I spent a lot of money on a microphone thinking that, hey, this will make it all better. But if a $12 headset will make it even better than an expensive microphone, we can do that. I would like to know. Let me know, folks. Chattanooga Ed, five bucks. Hey, Chattanooga Ed, thanks. Dan, you're so cool. Well, thanks, Ed. I appreciate that. Must be the surfer in me. <laughs> Ed, thanks for the $5. Very much appreciated. Never required. But it does make the wife super happy, even though she hates it every time I say that. Ken's Fish, 99 cents. Ken, thanks so much. I appreciate the super chat. Thanks for being here. Um, I really appreciate the community members that are here week after week, making this a lively, supportive group, answering questions that folks ask in the chat, because y'all know I don't get to all of them, even though I try. Um, is that honest? I want to answer every question, but I'm not, I guess, trying, because my focus is not get to every question. My focus is take the questions as I can and do a good job answering them, I guess. But um, thanks, Kent, to you and everyone else who's here week after week, helping the community out, making it a good place for people to be. And I think we are. Although, actually, this brings something to mind. Um, let's keep politics and stuff like that, religion, all the, these divisive topics um, out of the chat, please. I did rewatch it has been a while since I had rewatched a, a, a stream and read the chat, but I think it was last week or the week before I did. And I was uh, dismayed to see that there was someone there posting political stuff. Um, anything that's divisive like that, let's keep it out. And it's not because like I could totally agree with the guy or totally not. Um, same with religion, same with anything that's going to be divisive, right? And the reason isn't because what they post is right or wrong. That's not the issue. The issue is this is a, a community of people that we're trying to bring together to help um, grow the fish hobby and by extension, the fish industry, right? A good place for people that like fish to hang out. And we want to be inclusive in that. We want people to come no matter what their political beliefs or their religious beliefs or or anything else. If they like fish, they're welcome. And when we start putting political things in chat or divisive things in chat, even if we're right, who could know? But even if that's even if I agree with you a hundred percent, it's still not okay, right? So just let's remember that. And if that ha happens, mods, you have full authority to ban that person like permanently, instantly. Like we don't need to stand for any of that. So I'm not saying you have to. The mods do a great job and I'll let them, um, you know, proceed as they see fit. But if that's what you want to do mods, I'm fine. If someone's posting divisive stuff of a, you know, political kind of thing, um, you have my full blessing to go ahead and just ban them forever. We don't need that. And if someone's coming in and doing that and, um, 
you know, it's just it's just disrespectful to the group. It's uh, basically misbehaving. And if they're if they don't know enough to know that coming into the chat, then they just don't belong here. Right. They need to learn more about what it is to be a member of society um, <laughs> before they join chats if they don't realize what this is. So that's my thoughts on that. Just, uh, I don't know what, I don't, sorry, that probably sounded weird. I'm trying to wipe my, got some water on my face. I don't know why that comment triggered that, but it is something that's been in the back of my mind since I read the chat a week or two ago. And um, we're inclusive here. That's the point. We're inclusive. If you like fish, you're welcome and you need to feel welcome. Pizzotics, multiple aquariums, $2. So cool. <laughs> and you started a trend. <laughs> Thanks, Pizzotics. I really appreciate it. And by the way, I hope I'm not missing any super chats. I am on a completely different system. Um, so it's it's harder for me to manage things as well as I usually do, which as we all know, isn't that well anyway, but um, I'm trying not to miss anything. Chewy LTD saying, hello, Chewy. It's great to see you. Chewy the music man, Andrew Purr. If you have an unknown illness in a tank, can you move all the fish to a smaller quarantine tank to treat, or are you better off treating them where they are? It depends, Andrew. Um, it depends. If you're treating ick, then I don't see any reason to move them. Hikari Ick X or Mardell Quick Cure um, can treat that. And usually that's all you need. Salt would be nice, but it's not strictly necessary. Temperature cranking, some people rely on that. I never do. Um, and if they're in a big planted tank and all that, those medicines, in my experience, never hurt the biological media. They don't hurt the plants or anything. So if you're treating ick and you're using a medicine that's pretty benign when it comes to making your your cycle crash or harming your plants or any of that or your inverts, stuff like that, then I don't see any reason to move them. Now that medicine is not benign to people. That stuff causes cancer. It's nasty. Wear gloves. Uh, wear your personal protection equipment when you're using fish medicines, people. If you don't, it could really harm you. And when you do that on video and things, it just gives people that want to shut down the ability, our ability to obtain medicines, it gives them more ammunition. But wear your personal protection. It's for your own good and the good of the rest of the hobby and the industry. Okay. Um, however, Andrew, if I'm treating something that has uh, a a possible bacterial infection, then that goes in a separate hospital tank, sterile, and I treat them there because the, those medicines, um, canamycin, nitrofurazone, um, triple sulfa, lots of the antibiotics will totally decimate a tank's system. It'll kill your nitrifying bacteria, it'll kill your plants, it'll kill other things, and it makes the whole system go out of balance, right? So it just depends on the situation. I feel like if the tank in general is healthy, but there's some fish having some problems and we can, and we know our water is clean and we fixed all the environmental issues it could be if there are any, then, um, then we can treat with lots of stuff that won't 
ruin the system. But there's stuff that will definitely ruin your system. Copper will destroy inverts. It'll kill your plants. So, you know, it just depends on the situation. But if you can treat safely in the tank they're in, it's probably less stressful, provided the environment is balanced and good, to go ahead and treat in the tank without moving them. Uh, they have to get used to a, a new tank, and it's usually a bear tank, and that's scary because there's nowhere to hide, and you know, all these things. So what they're used to is probably less stressful. Um, oh, speaking of environmental issues, I reported that um, last live stream that there were two, that there was, um, everything did well except for some endlers that I sent out. Well, I went back and forth with that customer and we kind of pinpointed an issue, which is we found ammonia in the tank they were in. So the customer got the endlers and they got put in a tank. And um, unfortunately, there was ammonia in the tank. So I think we found the cause of what happened there. Now, it could be that there was ammonia in the tank and there was something else wrong and um, the ammonia didn't have much to do with that. But in my experience, I've never had a case where I saw ammonia in a tank and didn't have a problem. Like if I see fish doing poorly, I'll test for ammonia and nitrites right off the bat, temperature, ammonia, nitrites, and check to make sure that the um, auto water change system is working properly. Like they're, they're getting the fresh water for the tank to stay healthy, right? Um, I've never had a case where I've had an ammonia reading and that wasn't a real issue. So just wanted to follow up on that. Chattanooga Ed, $2. Diego from Petsotics is super cool. Look at this love fest we're having tonight. <laughs> Diego, you're so cool that Ed is throwing money at me. Thanks for being so cool, Diego. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, Petsotics is great to have um, on getgills.com. If you're looking for dry goods and plants, he's got stuff to sell. So check him out, Petsotics at getgills.com. Aquarium thoughts. How low of a temp can those clouded archer fish go down to? I don't know that one off the top of my head, Aquarium thoughts. I've never taken them below the mid-70s. Um, but they are, if they are from Burma, they might be able to go a little lower. Um, what is that? Toxotis, to Toxotis, uh, Blythei is the scientific name, I believe. Let me see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't share my screen with you. Normally I would while I try to do this. Um, however, I'm on a different system today. Yeah. You know what? Um, that's right. Seriously, fish. <clears throat> Sorry, I just went through puberty there. Seriously, fish. Seriously, fish does not have a good uh, a profile on um, on them. So that means there's not going to be a place I can just go to real quickly and reliably to look up the temperature for you. I'd have to dig. So I can't do that on the stream. I've never taken them down below the mid 70s. But fish from Burma can often go lower than truly tropical species. So it'd be worth exploring if you have a tank that goes down to the mid-60s or something to see if they can take that. I don't know if they can or not. But when I see fish are from Burma, um, some of them can go down lower. So it's worth checking out if that's your plan. But do check it out. I'm not saying they can go lower. Petsotics, $2. Ed is super cool for saying I'm super cool. <laughs> Look at this. I love it. <laughs> I sit here talking to fish and people compliment each other with money that goes to me. <laughs> this is like amazing. 
<laughs> this is a different business model. Who could have planned on that? Thanks, gents. I really appreciate it. Always appreciated, never required. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Did I get to the bottom? There's no way. It had to have jumped. I know there's no... Yeah, okay. It did. Hang on. I'm getting there. I was like, there's no way I caught up. Darren Atay... Oh, wait. Atay? Atiye. Darren Atiye. I'm going with that. Darren Atiye. I'm sure I'm still butchering it. Forgive me. I can't seem to find any exporter who is shipping from Thailand or maybe South America, no matter the cost. Any suggestions? Um, not really. I'm sorry. I don't have anything. So I don't ever. Okay. I share almost everything. I'm about as transparent as they come. I share exactly how I operate. Um, I share what my profit margin is. Like I've literally gone over, here's how much it costs to build my fish room. Um, here's how I built it. I've gone over, like at the end of last year, here's how much I made last year. I think that was like towards November. Here's what the business does. Like all that, all, about as transparent as can be. The one thing I will never share is who my suppliers are. And the reason is, it's taken me 27 years to um, to to gather um, together that, and that's one of my main competitive competitive advantages. Um, I literally can get fish from people that are not on the radar of major companies and things, and um, can get cool stuff in and get get different and have different sources to try when the the normal suppliers when I can't get like healthy quarries from them and things like that. Um, so I never say exactly who my suppliers are. It's just, it's the one thing. I've even kind of shared how much my markup is. If you go back and look at different live streams where I was asking for hobbyists to please help because I couldn't get fish imported during COVID. I was like, listen, I, I'd like to buy your fish if you have any. Um, and I, I said how much I will mark them up if they sell them to me. So almost everything's out there. But who I buy fish from is not out there. Maybe there'll be a day when I'm like, you know what, actually I could share that without damaging anything. And I feel a little selfish for not sharing it. I do. I want to help people. But um, that's my one kind of ace in the hole. Like, like this rainbow order, I'm literally able to buy fish from a guy who goes and collects fish fairly regularly with, with um, what's his name, Hans Evers, um, the, the guy from Amazonas, the editor of Amazonas. Well, he's not anymore, but he was until very recently. Connect, things like that, finding those people or working your network um, to, to get to suppliers like that. Um, that's not something I'm willing to give away right now. And the, the reason is strictly, I'm afraid it will damage my business if I do. Honestly, that's that's the only reason. Um, so it's going to be difficult for me to help you on, well, you should buy from this person. They're amazing because it took me years to find said person and, and to go through all the duds before I found that person and things like that. So sorry, Darren. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be able to answer that one. 
And I don't want to say something like, well, check Facebook, you know, something generic. If I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you something really useful. And I, I'm not willing to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the one thing, guys. I give almost everything away. Give me this one little um, paranoia that I don't give that away. Michael Wentworth, what is your unicorn fish that you'd love to have but can't seem to get your hands on or haven't been able to be in the right position to do so? Hashtag breeding is pleasure. You know it. By the way, there's a lot of breeding going on. If you check out Get Gill's Facebook group, you'll see some cool breeding projects people doing. And there's a lot of world peace happening there too. A lot of expansion of fish rooms and things. Disco Fish um, just posted her stuff that's going on after being absent for a bit. So it's it's cool to see what's going on. Anyway, unicorn fish, there's a couple kind of bucket list fish that I have. The first one is Poropanchax brichardi, which I wish I could Google real quick and show you images of. It looks, it's a small lamp fish, and it might be Congo Panchax now. They keep changing it. I think it's Poropanchax brichardi, um, like, like Neolamprologus brichardi, but the genus is Poropanchax. And a small little lampi looks a lot like a pseudomugil, like a, a blue eye rainbow fish. I love those. I've been wanting to get them forever. Never found a good reliable. Well, I, there is somewhere where I might be able to get them from uh, a supplier out of the Democratic uh, Republic of the Congo, but it'll be a while before I can actually finalize that. Um, I've seen pictures of them and video of them and drooling over them for decades. I've seen them live once. My friend Steve Ehrlich got them and uh, had them in his apartment in Los Angeles. And... Um, Got to go there and see them, and I was even more in love with them, but I've never kept them myself. So that's one, that's the one, the first one that pops to mind. There are several others, but let's let's go with that one in the interest of time. There's a lot more of them, though. Killers Aquatics, we discussed the adult size fish listings maybe a year ago, and you determined it was best not, as there can be disparity in sizes. Yeah, that's that's part of that's part of it. It's just Depends on how you keep them. Depends on where their strain comes from and things. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Duncan, when doing water changes, some do 25% weekly, some every two weeks, and some monthly. And then some only top off their tanks. Which is the best and why? Gary, That's that depends on each fish keeper. If you have large planted tanks and only keep a few fish in them, you might not need to change water, but once every, I don't know, four times a year or something something like that, right? If you're keeping up on your parameters and you know that the parameters are good, um, you aren't getting a pH crash, maybe you're putting a little calcium carbonate in the tank occasionally just so it doesn't crash and you know how to balance that, you might not have to change the water in a well-planted tank for, I mean, if it's not stocked, if it's very lightly stocked, it literally could be a year or more. Um, it depends on each fish keeper and how they keep fish, honestly. What I think is a good rule of thumb, though, for someone who's fairly new to fish keeping and is just getting into it, is 25 to 30% every week or two. And uh, whatever you choose is to do it consistently. So that's a good rule of thumb, I feel, for someone who isn't, yet in tune, um, doesn't kind of have that innate feel yet of what the parameters are and how to keep them where they need to be and what a tank, 
the feel of a tank when it's going through a hard time or when it is coming into cycle or when the pH is crashing, all these things that after there's a 10,000 hour rule, right? Where anyone that does something for 10,000 hours is going to have an innate, not innate, that means they were born with it, a learned. <laughs> um, does it mean they were born with it? it it's going to have this sense about it that someone else can't have just because they've been that close to whatever they're doing for so long. Maybe they're making boots and they just know the feel of when they have that seam so just right on the toe of the boot or something, right? That you just can't have unless you've felt that machine make that motion thousands and thousands of times. So when we're not there yet though, and we're just looking for a general starting point, then I think 25 to 30% every week or two is quite reasonable and can keep a tank looking pretty darn good and pretty stable with all different with many different stocking levels and maintenance types. Um, Fish tank barn throwing down 99 cents, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate you, Mike. I hope you're doing well. Um, love your streams, love your videos. Um, often lurking often watching replays as I am like up to my shoulders in tanks. So I don't run over and, you know, I'm trying to be efficient. So there's lots of videos and live streams that you and everyone else that I, I am, um, keeping, well, I'm not always keeping up with, but that I'm, that I like and that I attend regularly and watch regularly, but I'm working and I'm up to my elbows, up to my shoulders in water. And I can't run across and be like, awesome, you know, comment all the time. So just be aware. I'm, I'm following. I, I like what you're doing, man. Glad you're out there. Bonnie W. I would appreciate adult size and some ideas how big tank minimum, especially if there is something that is a little out of the norm, need extra length, but not height or something. Cool. Um, size is something that I'll, I'll, I'll seriously consider. I'm not saying I'll do it, but I'll seriously consider. Tank sizes, that's one that I'll probably never do. I feel like if we know the size and we have a sense for the behavior of the fish and we've watched some videos and we've done some research, we can determine what size we want to keep that fish in. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Um, I always, whenever I read posts, like seriously, fish does this, they'll say like minimum tank size. And I'm like, no, I've kept that fish in much smaller tanks and it was happy and it was breeding and it lived well long-term. Um, so I feel like putting the tank size is just, it, that would just be an opinion that I would put on it. Whereas depending on how someone keeps fish, they could keep them in many different sizes and configurations. But the size of the fish itself is less opinion, I guess, and more like determined by the fish, not by me. So size is something I will seriously consider, it, especially if lots more people are like, yep, size. But I do worry about it because there's so much variation. Gabby Love, you always give a thorough answer. I know I, I, sometimes I'm afraid it's too thorough. But again, I look at these questions as like something to dig into. Um, and if one person is asking, hopefully there's more people that are interested in that. And um, I don't know. I would rather most most podcasts and things I listen to or streams that I really am drawn to are things where things go a little more in depth because I feel like there's a lot of superficial information already out there. So it's just something I like to do. And I know I'm way far behind. I was, I was, I was that chat a week or two ago that I was reading. Bob asked Candy, "How far behind is he on chat?" And, and Candy was like, six months, Bob." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. 
Um, but it's true. I'm, I'm probably over detailed in my answers. If I have, if I have a fault in the live streams, that's definitely one of them. Real stinks. I have a pair of discus that have one week fry and have just laid eggs. Hashtag overachiever. Real, I'm so happy for you. And I'm proud of you too. I know that's been a goal of yours for a long time. And I know you've worked at it for a long time. I'm so thrilled, dude. I'm so thrilled that's going well for you. Keep it up. I hope I hope those batches raise up and you have a whole bunch of little discus to distribute. Just one more fish with it. Josh. Last week, I had a box out nine days and fish survived. Whew. This week, Mr. Kaler's Purple Mosque, as I sent, apparently sat in a warehouse 20 miles from me for an entire week. Oh, oh, I have to say I've been really pleased with FedEx. I hate, hate, hate their customer service when it comes to like calling them. Um, I, that is the one thing about FedEx that I just hate. And if anything drives me back to UPS, it'll be that. Because there's no way to call my local FedEx office or your local FedEx office to be like, hey, could you hold these or make a change or anything like that? You have to call the corporate number. And man, you're on hold there for 45 minutes. Easy. I, I mean, I haven't timed it, but that's what it feels like. You're on hold forever. And um, and honestly, I mean, I, I know that people that answer calls in big old calling centers and stuff are people, and I respect that. They're earning a living and doing their best and stuff. But I've never had a FedEx operator that answered and I felt was like, hey, I'm here to help you. What can I do? Like, I'm really, tell me your problem. I'm going to dig in and try my best. I always feel like I'm cutting through red tape to get anything done. So that's the one complaint I have. But besides that, the thing I'll say is that out of, I don't know, I don't know how many hundreds of boxes I've sent now through FedEx, only four delays. And if I remember right, I think they were all only delayed one day. Maybe one was delayed two days or something. But um, so their track record's pretty good. And, and that's during COVID. You know, so, yep, that I feel you, Josh, though. I've had that. I've had that happen for an entire week or more with different carriers. I, I know how that feels. Kids Aquatics, I would rather have a picker vid of the stock rather than you spending time researching adult size on several sites. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense to me. I guess that's the other thing. Um, there's always, you know, I try to get videos of stuff. I try to make it so you know exactly what you're buying at least. Um, yes. I guess what I, okay, I guess it boils down to this. When I list a fish, am I trying to list a fish and also be an encyclopedia? Am I just trying to list a fish and sell it? Or am I trying to be the end-all be-all for information? I don't know if I can do both well, at least not now. Um, so am I seriously fish? And Amazon.com, you know, yeah, it's something to think about too. I, I've gone back and forth several times on this. That's why when, um, was it Bonnie, I believe, that asked the question about size and why I don't list it? That's why I started thinking about it again. But, um, and I do appreciate the question, by the way. Um, I'm going to have to put real thought into it though. What's my goal? What's my purpose? What's my place within this whole niche and within this whole environment of fish information and sellers and stuff. Yeah. I, I just, I have to chew on that again. Yeah. Just one more fish with Josh. If they arrive tomorrow, it will have been 11 days. Fingers crossed for you. 
um, did have a seller that shipped out some angelfish and they were in the mail nine or 10 days, 10 days, I believe it was. And they still made it. So there is hope. I've had fish that were delayed a long time and still made it. And then I've had other ones that weren't delayed at all and didn't. So, you know, I, I get that. I, I understand your anxiety, Josh. That's what I'm trying to say. And my best wishes for, for a good result. Lefty 3213A. It does sound nice. Might need to pop might need a pop shield though oh yeah do they sell headsets with pop shields oh yeah you mean the little fuzzy thing yes they do i know that moonstone aquatics nah you look like a dj <laughs> yep i feel like one let's get this party bouncing preston john the headset will mess up your hair i know and it does take hours like this is a process to look this good up top this is a break Preston, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've seen your profile picture. <laughs> yeah, Preston, I know what you mean. That, you know, there are the only real disadvantage to being bald, honestly, is sunburn. Everything else, I think, is an advantage. Um, Michael Wentworth, audio sounds pretty hollow. I prefer the mic, plus, I find the headset distracting from the beautiful face. Yes. Is he? blocking my eye yeah all right so one vote for uh keeping this all out there and i keep hitting it too ginger however vote for the mic i like fish said adisha yeah adisha silva well you're in the right place lobsters okay huh i see what you did there karen k amen about the fish chat only yes yes it's just not the place for it. There's plenty of places to vent your feelings about divisive topics, but it's not here. We are inclusive here, no matter if you're right or not, in whatever you believe politically or whatever. Anyway, Skipper's Aquariums, we got your back. Thanks. I know you do. I know you do. Okay, Preston John, Absolutely Aquatics in at Dance Fish Live Chat at Absolutely Aquatics. Let's see, did I, it's absolutely aquatics here. Oh, <laughs> absolutely aquatics is asking, Preston John, how do I get a hold of you? And he's like, right here, right now. Yep, this is your chance. Nurse Beck is $9.99 with the cutest little sticker. What is that, a lemon? We'll call that a, a happy lemon head. Nurse Beckus, thank you so much. I appreciate the super chat. It it all helps, guys. Um, it all helps. The money's nice, honestly, from the super chats. It's not massive, but it's nice. It helps. It there there was one or two months early on, honestly, where um, the super chats might have kept me afloat. Like early on, when I just quit my job, income was super low. So, you know, we were just starting when the super chats might have, when, say, Bob and Mikey got into a super chat war or something. And then it was like, oh, good. I can breathe for a week. <laughs> you know, something like that. They, there has been an occasion or two where it, it, I probably would have found a way to get through. But at the time, the way was not apparent in the Super Chats helped. They became that way. That's few and far between. And um, we're at the point now where I'm feeling a lot um, 
a lot more confident that this was the right choice and this business will succeed. But um, it's always helpful. And there's been one or two times when it made a, it made, I don't know if it's the difference because I, I, I'll be damned if I wasn't going to make this succeed, I would have found a way. But it ended up being the way that time. Edgar Anonymous, my Corey is no better or worse, so I'll get more so he won't be alone as much. But thanks for the advice. You're welcome, Edgar. Uh, was that last week we were talking about that or were we emailing? I don't remember. I don't remember the details. My mind cannot keep track of all the questions and conversations I have um, every day with everything that's going on with all the fish in the community. So I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly. I do remember we talked in depth. Um, hopefully getting more helps though. I mean, Corys like to be in groups for sure. They thrive, thrive, thrive in big, big groups. Corys, uh, Kayla's Aquatics. Okay, Dan's Fish, after reading the comments, those who prefer the mic, I've decided to agree with that faction. All right, cool. It seems kind of split. Seems kind of split. Um, I'll dig in. Um, I'll find some time to rewatch that section of chat at least um, another day so I can really see what people think about that. Because I do want the feedback. And I'm just sitting here like chatting at a screen, like knowing what people want. Oh, Bentley. I see Bentley's comment. Rainbow order a Bentley. You have no idea. I, uh, I am... I can't, Bentley, I wish I could be there to see your face when I, when this finally, ah, this COVID thing, sorry, hit my mic. When, um, when they finally come in and I'm ready to actually list them and tell people what they are, I, ah, I wish I could be there to see your face, man. I, I don't think this one's going to disappoint. Let's just say that provided it actually comes to fruition. I mean. I think it is. I think it'll be July 18th, but so much out of my control right now. Sorry, chat jumped. So the next thing I can see is a super chat from Jadrin Aquatics, $5. What's up all? Jason, it's so good to see you again. Jadrin, I have to say, I missed you, man. When you were kind of not posting videos much anymore and stuff, you kind of took that little hiatus. Um, I really missed it. I love your videos, dude. I, you just have so many tanks and so many fish that it's it, there's always something there that I look at and I'm like, oh, that's cool. In your uh, unboxing videos from that, what is it, Texas Aquatics or whatever, the, the fish store you were doing. Um, I like that stuff too. I just like your channel, man. I'm glad you're out there. Ginger Graves, Dance Fisher, anyone else? I lost the cycle in my Axwaddles tank while I was town for a week. I'm sorry, Ginger. That's We've all been there. That's a bummer. I've added more cycled media, Fritzzyme 7, and daily 100% water changes. Anything else to do? I think you're doing it. Maybe other people will have an idea, but I'm like, yeah, she's adding yeah, this. this. I mean, that kind of checks the boxes for me. I assume you're testing daily, so if there is an ammonia spike, you can deal with it. Um, if not, that would be the only other thing. I'm, I assume that's happening. Um, and I don't know Fritz Zyme 7. I'm not sure exactly what that product is. But the other thing I would say is um, if you have Prime or Seachem Safe on hand, Fritz Zyme, I'm assuming, is like a beneficial bacteria type thing. Um, 
the one thing that's nice about Seachem Safe and Prime is it uh, detoxifies ammonia to some extent. I believe is it does it convert it to ammonium? It's been a while, but I think it does something like that. So it changes the ammonia molecule, so it's much less toxic. But from what I've read, I'm not a chemist, not a biochemist for sure, but from what I've researched, it appears to me, it's been a while, but if I remember right, I, I think that I found something that was very clear that stated that um, the converted ammonia, the less toxic form of ammonia that results from using Seachem Prime or SAFE is able to be utilized by the nitrifying bacteria. So what that means is, I mean, double check me, Ginger, because it's been a while, but if I remember right, what that means is if you're having a tank that's having issues with ammonia, you can add Seachem Safer Prime and um, it will detoxify the ammonia, but it'll still allow your cycle to rebuild because the bacteria can still eat it. They can still use it as if it was ammonia, if I remember right. So that might be something that helps. Um, you know, if you notice low levels of ammonia, and they're not too high, maybe using Seachem Primer Safe will neutralize it or detoxify it, I should say, so that your bacteria can still eat it and get your cycle going again. Something, something I'd play with. Now, I do want to say I've never kept axolotls. So I'm thinking of this like a fish tank. Um, I don't know if axolotls are extra, extra sensitive to ammonia because they have all that soft skin and those big gills externally and all that. I, I don't know. But when I think of cycling a fish tank and if there's animals living in it, that's where I'm coming from. Where are we at? We're at 934. We're overtime, right? 934, except for this computer is on Texas time. It's 834. We're overtime. Holy cow. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I missed a lot. I'm sorry, folks. Let me see if, okay, here's a super chat. I want to make sure that I acknowledge the super chats because I hate it when people are kind enough to throw money at me and I don't even say thanks. That's no good. So streetwise throwing down $2 hashtag afloat. Oh, thanks. Thanks for keeping it afloat streetwise. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Um, let's see. Let me just click over here. Oh, there's no way I know of um, without being in my studio set up, which I'm not in right now because I'm out of town just borrowing a laptop and a headset to make this happen today, um, that I know of to actually check on the YouTube studio for Super Chats. So I might miss, I, if I missed it, I'm so sorry, guys. I just don't know how to use this. I'm, I'm looking. There's not as much information here readily available as I'm used to. I don't know where to find it. Um, so I'm sorry if I missed your super chat. It totally was not intentional. I'm just kind of winging it here. But we are going to close down the chat because it is it's time. I missed one from Bob Kaler. Bob, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Bob, for the super chat. Um, lately, when Bob's been super chatting, I've kind of been, thanks, Bob. I love you. You know what you mean to me and moving on, not spending a lot of time on it. And and the reason is because I feel like what else can I say about Bob? I mean, he's amazing and I really appreciate him, but um, 
I feel like I've said it all. But I also don't want to be like, thanks, Bob, and move on. So, Bob, thanks so much. I appreciate you. I love you. I hope one day to meet you in person. Um, I like what you do for this community. I like what you do for me and my business. And um, I find you like a motivating person. Everything you do to help animals, to help the community, uh, dogs, fish, all, all the different things you're involved in making better. I, I find you to be an inspiring guy. So uh, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate you, man. I really do. I just feel like it was time to actually acknowledge Bob a little more heavily than I've been doing, which is thanks, Bob. Appreciate you and kind of running on. You're, you're just worth it, Bob. You're worth a little extra time <laughs> to say something a little more than that. I appreciate you. Okay, with that, let's do the giveaway. I'm not going to be able to share my screen, but it should pop up in chat in a second who the winner is. Good, it worked. We have 191 eligible users, and the winner is Matt. Matt Hoffman. Awesome, Matt. Matt, you've won. Uh, you've got about a minute to respond. Let us know you're here, and um, and then you're the winner. And again, how this is going to work is, Matt, I need you to email me, dan at dansfish.com. Send me a list of the five fish you would like to get from get gil um sorry ah from dansfish.com the top five fish there and i'll select a species from that list and send it to you that's how we're doing it ryan thanks for the super chat the canadian dollar i appreciate it thank you so much um let's see here is he here matt there you are awesome awesome matt you're the winner i'm glad it's you um, I'm glad it worked out and congrats. Anyway, thanks to my mods. Thank to everyone that left a super chat. Very much appreciated. Never required, but it does help. Um, thanks to everyone that asked a question and made this lively. Everyone lurking, I'm with you. Lurker Nation right here. Everyone on the replay, thanks for being here. We're over time. I, I'm not on my normal setup, so we went a little more over than I want. Um, if you want more fish talk, I believe um, that Punchy Paints is probably going about nine o'clock mountain time. So in about 20 minutes or so, um, always a good time, always, always fun, story time. Anyway, I hear little people returning from the park where they went so I could stream without being interrupted. So I'm definitely going to shut this down. Thanks, everyone. Um, let me see if I can find the button. Oh, here it is. All right. Till next time. Have a good one. Bye bye.